0: Hello, and welcome to episode 104 of the Yes, We Are Still Alive podcast. I am your host, Brandon Nichols. Sam will be back next week when we get to actually record together again. But joining me today are two-thirds of the newest, hottest podcast on PSA Inc. Uh, the new podcast, Duel of the Greats, starring Jeff Her, Steve Shepard, and Nate. Jeff and Steve returning to the show. How are you guys doing
1: today?
2: I am doing fantastic.
1: Doing great. It's Friday. Got a three-day weekend. Couldn't be better. My boss let me
0: leave at noon today. Ooh, I'm gonna go in for two hours in the morning just to shore some things up because I was like, Yes, I'm taking the t- chance to leave. But then I was like, you know, there are a couple of things I probably need to just make sure good for Tuesday morning when we get back into the building. Cause Cause just, li- you gotta let it go. Well, let I was a little quick on the I want yeah. out of this building. Yes, please. Um mm-hmm. as I mentioned, the newest podcast that we are posting on psa inc that you two are a part of uh nate couldn't join us this evening i think mostly he says he's planning a, a trip abroad with a whole bunch of teenagers and uh but mostly according to steve he's not a he doesn't play video games
1: but it's okay um, the Last video game i remember playing with him was grand theft auto san andreas before that it was wcw uh revenge i think so. everybody
0: played w the, the wrestling yeah. games that were on like in 64 and right. like like they were, they were just a lot of fun um guys tell tell for anybody who hasn't checked out the podcast on the website what is duel of the greats
1: you're the host jeff i'll let you do it
2: well this was a bit of a brainchild we had where a couple of years in the making at this point i think um, Yeah. steve so steve and i steve's a big ridley scott fan Uh, And I am a big Steven Spielberg fan. And we were just talking about their movies and what we like about them, which ones we liked and why. And um, we were going through their IMDb pages and their filmographies and stuff. And we're like, you know, it would almost be, it would be fun to kind of have a, they have actually some more similar themes in a lot of their movies than you would think. We thought this would be fun to kind of talk about on a podcast. And then we scrolled all the way back to the beginning and we found out Steven Spielberg's first movie was Duel and Ridley Scott's first movie was The Duelists. And we're like, oh, that's a fun little coincidence. And then we could we're like, well, let's mash these things together, do a podcast. We can call it Duel of the Greats, since it all started with duel for duels for both of them. And the uh, coincidence so we go through, of that
0: I have found absolutely amazing, by the way. It this
2: is, right? <laughs>
1: Perfect.
2: Yeah. And so uh we we went through then what are their filmographies and we were like, Okay, let's let's find some common themes between different movies and and see how the different how the different directors tackled them. So we had you know monster movies, right? Like Steven Spielberg has Jaws, and Ridley Scott has Alien, and they're very similar movies, but they're also very different with how the director. So we we talk about that on the show, and we've actually since it's a duel, every duel must have a winner. And so each show, depending on what the theme is for that show and which movies we're comparing, we actually pick a, a winner between those. And if if Steve and I are on opposite sides of the spectrum, as has happened, then um, Nate will be the tie-breaking, uh, who, who couldn't be with us, but he will be the tie-breaker. And so, uh, yeah, it's been a fun little project, and it's quite interesting. Because I actually, you know, despite uh, despite how big of a Spielberg fan I am, or how big of a Ridley Scott fan you are, Steve, and I, we both like the other directors, of course. It's not like we hate, you know. It's yeah, just, it's not a matter of, of we, the other. we dislike, yeah. it's,
0: it's just a matter of like.
2: Yeah, but uh, I still haven't seen all of Spielberg or all of Ridley Scott's filmography. So even yeah, already same. and we we've gotten at this point of recording, we've gone through six episodes that we've recorded. And even even through that still I haven't seen all of their all their movies. And it's been uh been really fun to kind of find some that I hadn't seen and, and uh kind of introduce those into my um my lexicon of of Spielberg and Ridley Scott movies. So that's been been fun, so you should check it out. It's a fun show. And Brandon, of course, you are our fearless producer and do a fantastic job on that, just as you do on the show. I'll
0: tell you, it's it's interesting just sitting back and listening to you guys record, and it's even more fun when you guys start like discussing things that might have or might not have happened or quote something. And like, I kind of like the producer and where I'm just sitting here listening, and you guys make a comment, and I'm like, I'm gonna Google that. Oh, here I'm gonna throw this in the sh- in the chat yep. so you guys it's, can it's like nice get a yeah, um, yeah, definitely. Um, but no, it's really, it's been, it's been a lot of fun just listening. Cause I'm learning a lot about both of the directors just by like, I, this isn't a podcast. So I would put it this way for me personally. This isn't a podcast I would search out and listen to. So the fact that I'm listening to you guys talk about it, it's out of my norm. So I'm, yeah. I'm so just sitting here listening. I'm like, wow, this is cool information. This is like, I like it when I'm learning something and not just hearing people discuss opinions. Which I mean you guys yeah. have you guys yeah, yeah. all have opinions on some of the stuff you're talking about. But it's just like I love how Steve comes in with the history of the, the, the movies and mm-hmm. then you guys start breaking down the logistics of it and it's like, Well, there's just so much information about not only the each director but just the nuances of filmmaking that I'm not Yeah, it's
1: been so much fun. I've learned so much just researching the different movies and the directors. And it's like you said, it's just a lot of fun learning new things.
2: And that's why we've had Nate come in. Nate is uh he is a. He actually has a film degree. So when it comes to like actually talking about that kind of stuff, you know, he has. He a, knows what he's talking a, about. Unlike yes, <laughs> he has a legitimate. Yes, I am just a fan, but he has actual
0: knowledge. So, so it's like and the. Training. It's like the um when you watch a sporting game and there's or any kind of sports you've got the play by play and then you've got the person that has the knowledge of yeah, what's what actually doing. The game, Yep. Yep. Yeah, so. You've got, I guess, Steve is the the guy in the background going, well, this is what and why, or this is what they did, and Jeff's running, talking about it, and then you got Nate going, well, actually. <laughs> Nate,
2: Nate is the Tony Romo, and I am the, oh, the yeah. That's high,
0: That is high praise, because <laughs> I know a lot of people don't like Tony Romo, but there are times when he just actually starts getting into, like when you know he knows the game, and he just yeah. starts spitting crap out, and it's like, Oh, I mean, the guy knows what he's talking about. Uh, That's still a rumor. Quick question, like you said, and they think his shtick got a little bit. Forget it. Yeah, everybody has an opinion. Um, I have. uh, Well, I'm going to ask this. I guess maybe I'm going to direct this at you, Steve. Does Nate like pop culture type movies like Star Wars and like comic book movies?
1: Uh, he doesn't dislike them.
0: So, like, I, I didn't know if like we had a. Like maybe an all comic book or like any other kind of movie centric
1: podcast episode if you thought. He yeah, if it was movie centric, I think he'd be very interested. He you know, he comes at things whereas we're looking at those movies and things like that kind of I think as, you know, fans, quote unquote fans, he would be kind of the everyman, you know. Um that not like I said, not the normie? Like it, I guess.
0: There you go. <laughs> the uh, cas the filthy casual. Yeah. As one might so, put
1: it in the gaming terms, um, you know he knows more than your than your average bear, but um, yeah, he's not. I don't think looking forward to every new Marvel release or, he, or a I Flash. Actually, because I Batman actually saw a,
0: he had an interesting um, TikTok I actually came across before we started recording tonight. Was I was just flipping through my four white my FYP and th- he was playing. He played the clip of um, oh jeez, Django Unchained. Tarantino. am Tarantino. Bitching about comic book movies and all the other new style of filmmaking and just like, they're killing movies. And then it went back to, and then Nate was basically broke down. Like, that's the same shit people were saying about his stuff when he was, right. you know, mm-hmm. making films. I'm like, yes, it is. Most people don't realize that, but everybody thought Tarantino was an idiot. <laughs> um, they're- Go ahead. What you got?
1: Oh, I was, I was just going to say it's that uh, the line from fittingly enough uh dark knight about living you know you either die the hero or live long enough to to be the villain it's, exactly it's very accurate it's accurate in just about every walk of life actually. oh it is
0: very much so um i want to get into my mail time it's oh a little housecle- keeping, i guess i should say so if you guys are hearing this am i echoing for you jeff no okay um if you guys are hearing this uh, episode three should be out of Duel of the Greats podcast, so check that out. We are trying to we're trying to keep to the schedule of releasing every Monday, so this will you should be hearing this on a Tuesday, and if all goes according to plan, you might be hearing another one of the BS podcast on Wednesday, if I can get it done correctly how I want to. So go check out Duel of the Greats. It's on all the major platforms. It's on um, if you go straight to the PSA Inc. website, it's on there. You can listen to it directly. Um, what hey hey Steve, what's the socials for the show? doesn't have it in front scared. of him.
1: uh dual i think it's dual of the greats at dual of the greats for everything you know all the normal ones except for tiktok and at tiktok it's at dual podcast yes
0: it is i actually know him now because i've typed it so much but on the website and stuff i, I was like let's I see if he know, gets him.
1: yeah well it's slowly being burned into some deep part <laughs> deep of my brain but um, I don't and, know that we have much up there yet on any of them, but I don't know if Nate has done anything with TikTok yet. So
0: when I posted on the PSA Inc. stuff, I've tried to tag your socials. So, okay, good. Just so you know that. And then Thank the um, every if you follow us, follow PSA PSA dot on Facebook. Every time a new episode of any podcast on the thing pops up, uh, it cross posts to Facebook. So you get quick links to the website and find whatever you need to do um let's get into mail time uh justin glazier wrote in with several things wanting us to talk about um i'm going to skip over a couple of them the only one i'm going to really address here listen to the next episode after this he wants us to get actually i'll ask you guys so he says talk about mario movie tears of the kingdom and the status of the ncaa football game uh we'll talk about tears of the kingdom here in a little bit what did you what was your guys's opinion of the mario movie
2: i loved it steve and i actually saw it together we took uh my daughter my seven-year-old daughter. And she loved it. She's a big Mario fan. She loved it. She'd been singing the Peaches, Peaches, Peaches song. (laughs) Everybody's been singing singing the Peaches uh, Ever since she saw it. And she's like, because when, um, so we, I don't know. Do you guys have YouTube TV? I think, Steve, you do. I don't don't have it, no. We actually switched to Hulu,
1: but I'm familiar, obviously. Okay,
2: so when you go to YouTube TV or when you you boot up the Chromecast, uh, because with Google Fiber, Google (laughs) Fiber doesn't have their, um, cable service anymore. So we switched to YouTube, but the, the home page, right, will just randomly have things pop up from different services, whatever. And once the Mario movie was out for to where you could rent it at home, it would pop up on the main page. And so Millie was super excited and she was like, Oh, she's like, we can get to, we can watch the Mario movie now. And I was like, Now hold on. <laughs> we got,
0: It's like $25 That's, to yeah, rent. Yeah, it's like 25 bucks it? <laughs> for rent.
2: So. Oh,
1: no, really? Um,
2: yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, because I saw when, it on like, Apple TV the other day and I went, Oh shit, oh, yeah, I can yeah, already no, watch totally this and I went,
2: no, I'm not
1: spending that.
0: <laughs> yeah, when it's
2: I still think, in
1: theaters. Yeah.
2: But the um I did I have already pre ordered the steelbook version. I was gonna say here by. is a steelbook. <laughs> so oh yes. What so did you think, Steve? Do you like dumb.
1: it? Yeah, I I really liked it as well. I um I think some of the some of the criticisms of it kind of missed the point um
0: usually that's usually the case for me in most
1: movies (laughs) right yeah it's just people were i think at least a lot of what i saw was it's it's just mario you know it's not doing anything crazy you know unique with the plot it's just kind of paint by numbers with all that i'm like it's a freaking movie about a game that came out in 1980 whatever you know what i mean like it doesn't have to be one piece here.
2: And Games that aren't known for their story either. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it's primarily it's geared at
0: children. Like, yeah. yeah, there's a nostalgia factor there for people our age, but it's geared at
1: children. And mm-hmm. it's come on. And there were so many. Oh, man. Some of those <laughs> nostalgia hits were just like. Oh, <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> just, oh, it was so great. So great. Uh, the
0: one thing I will touch on uh, in depth here uh, Justin asked the status of the NCAA football game. It is set to release next year. It was supposed to be this year, it got pushed. Um, they have already been doing all the scanning uh, for content and taking pictures and models of stadiums of, of players, which is what I read and I thought was interesting considering you know, the whole point of why they stopped was cause they you know, didn't have the ability to, but players can get paid now for stuff. So I don't know if they're like, how many, like are they really going to scan every in, like div one NCAA player? Or are they going to get like the top 10 names at each school? like your top defense and your top offensive names and probably just do that. Um, but they're doing all, they're working on that this year. Um, and then some news I actually saw yesterday that I thought was interesting was they're adding the transfer portal to the the game. And I, I can't help but think a lot of that has to do with Deion Sanders. And then, because I think if you're big into college football, yes, you know what the transfer portal is. But nobody else really cares or thinks about it. But the whole news with Dion moving to, to Colorado and was like, you don't want to hit the transfer portal, get out of here. And it's just become a buzzword. And I
1: think that's why they're adding it to the game. I don't know. I could see that for sure. It's certainly changed the reality of college sports. So, I mean, oh. it'd, be, it'd be interesting if they left it out, actually. Do we know, is, are there any plans to do a revival of basketball?
2: Ah oh, man, that was so fun! You can make your own. Oh, NCAA basketball. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't. I'm
0: going to bet you that as long as this goes good, and they figure out an appropriate way to play, pay the players. It just uh, it'll just be a matter of time, you know. Uh, in NBA 2K, and I even think I think uh, the EA Live basketball that they did had a you know you start your career in college. And so they would have a couple, like, it basically just seemed like big 12, like mostly big 12 teams and a couple SEC teams that they put in that like Oklahoma, you had um, Kansas, obviously, and like Ohio State, you know, like some of the bigger ones they put in that you could start and you'd play a couple handful of games or something, then you just transfer over. But I imagine as long as NCAA football goes over, they'll just going to be like, they probably already slightly, I would bet they're all working on it, but they're like, let's not talk about it until NCAA football gets released and then we'll we'll move from there. So I liked in the NCAA football games where you could play the mascot games where you guys were playing oh, football. Yeah. And the, I was like, this is so stupid, but I love it.
1: <laughs> One of my favorite things to do was be the, uh, the Syracuse orange because they're all just a big orange ball. <laughs> they run around just and bounce on each other.
0: Yeah. Guys, I have a big question for you. What's in your face? What have you guys been indulging in in any form of entertainment uh, over the past, I don't know, week or so? Like what's 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 popular for you guys? We'll start with Steve.
1: Um, so one thing that does not fit with the uh, the theme of the podcast at all, but I got in, really into uh indie car racing and it's the week of the Indy 500. That's this um, week.
0: Yeah, it's this Memorial week Day this weekend. week is going by very, or this year is going by very fast. Sorry, but go ahead. Oh yeah,
1: it's it's already Memorial Day weekend. In case you didn't know, yes, yeah. isn't that crazy? Um, yeah, summer starts in like three days, unofficially. But officially. so that they basically spend like the like most of May preparing for that with like various practices and qualifying. So I've been watching a lot of that and uh, getting excited for that. Um, on the the pop culture front, um. I think Jeff is going to talk about it, but because of the, the podcast, we've been watching a lot of movies. So, um, one of them that I had never seen that we watched for the, the podcast is minority report. And, uh, it was really, really great. I really loved it.
0: Um, after listening to you guys record that, I've had a desire to watch that movie. Cause I was have like, you ever I seen it? Oh, I've seen it before. Okay. I, I owned yeah. it on, I bought the, I'm pretty sure I bought the steel case that came out with it when they were first started doing steel cases. When they released the DVD. Deal
1: VHS sleeve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, uh,
0: the DVD of it, I think I yeah. I got some special edition that had some kind of special case. I don't know where the hell it is, but I know I have it somewhere probably. Somewhere not. in your
1: home. Um, but because of that, I've been kind of on like a, well, that and Blade Runner as well. I've been kind of feeling um, cyberpunk-y. And so I started reading Neuromancer. I don't know if you guys heard about that, William I, ooh, Gibson. Who's the author on that? Uh William Gibson. So William he's Gibson. It's considered like I guess one of the the original kind of texts of cyberpunk. Um it came out oh gosh. I think the 70s, maybe early 80s. Um but anyway, it 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 just dives right into a super cyberpunk aesthetic and it's very very cool so far. I'm not very far, but um I'm I'm enjoying it. Um July 1st, and,
0: 1984.
1: There you go. So that was... Gosh, that was right around Blade Runner. Which came first?
2: But I anyway, think the Android Stream of Electric Sheep was in the late 60s.
1: Oh, yeah. The the, story, the Philip K. deck stories, obviously... Yeah, they way predated. 82
0: it. was when Blade Runner came out.
1: So there yes. you go. So these all kind of fused together kind of around the early 80s and, and made this, this cyberpunk aesthetic. Um, uh, You know... William Gibson took a lot of Philip K. Dick and expanded on it, and it's it's really good so far. Um, it's not quite as accessible as some of the Philip K. Dick stuff, just because there's a lot of lingo and jargon. But if you're into cyberpunk stuff at all, uh, I highly recommend it so far. And then also, I've been listening to, uh, when I get on a on a high or on a kick, I kind of dive all in on a certain theme. This is a cyberpunk. And yeah. So <laughs> when I turned on Blade Runner to watch it in the, the sweet cyberpunk credits role. And it says music by Vangelis. And I'm like, I don't know who that is, but anybody that goes by one name, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to check, I'm going to do more research. So he's this Greek while well, he was a Greek composer. He died just like a year or two ago. Um, and his like whole shtick is synthetic, you know, synthesizer music. And he also did chariots of fire. He won an Academy award for that, I think. Um, but, he's got a bunch of albums that aren't soundtracks as well. And he did several like in collaboration with NASA for certain missions. And it's so I've been listening to that kind of in the background. Awesome. How about you, Jeff? It's sorry. It's making me want to buy that stupid cyberpunk game that I swore I would never buy because of the the launch was so terrible. Oh, the,
0: Hey, if you can cyberpunk find it, you can, you can find it for cheap and they've improved it so much. And it is actually a very fun game.
1: I mean, it, for, you know, a value, the dollar value proposition at a certain point, it does, no matter how bad it is, it becomes acceptable.
2: Right. I've so, seen a lot of people um, get it for like five bucks. Oh, so, yeah. So, any game is worth, worth five dollars. Right.
0: I would agree. Any because any form of entertainment, you're going to get out of it for at least 10 to 15
1: minutes at the you know, easiest is, you know. Yeah. So that like, may be in my face soon as well. But I, it's also something we're going to talk about later. Got me excited.
0: I will say real quick. You brought up the IndyCar stuff. You guys talked about it so goddamn much that I started. I watched that the first season of that F1 show on Oh Drive to Survive. Yes, and I was like, oh man, this just got me right back into auto racing. Like, yeah, because I'm a huge NASCAR dude, and I'm like, you know, I'm gonna watch this and just watching the nuances of it, and I'm like, of like the teams and how they handle. I've always had a very negative take on F1 and Indy because. I I think the it's very political internally compared to like and I I don't mean like politics I mean like actual internal politics of like teams and stuff whereas like on there's that, a lot of drama a lot of drama whereas like in NASCAR it's like if you have a team of three drivers you, they're all working together for the same goal and they're trying to help each other no matter what that is not the case in Indy and in F1 and I'm like seeing the back end of it I'm like Definitely not
1: F1 yeah it's I'm more like, oh, so in Indy but yeah F1 oh, no. is in fact, one of the, sorry if anybody is just bored to tears by this, but one of the drivers in IndyCar, Ramon Gorjan, was a F1 driver, and he may have remember because he was in a horrible wreck in 2020, right, Jeff? Is he in 2020? Yeah,
2: because yeah. it was on the backup Bahrain circuit.
1: Yeah, and um, he should have died by all rights, but he managed to literally step out of the fire. He he literally walked out of a flaming wreck. Um, but he he races IndyCar now, and I was listening to an interview with him just this week in the lead up to the Indy 500. And he said something that he said before, but he reiterated that he had to get used to coming over from F1 to IndyCar because in F1, literally the entire job is to just knife your teammate, like beat him at all costs. And in IndyCar, it's obviously you want to win, but they share a lot more technical details and they're, you know, right. They're trying to kind of pull for each other. So it's, he said it was a big difference,
0: big difference. (laughs) How about you, Jeff? what you What you been What's been in your face?
2: Uh, so the main thing, which I won't talk about too much because we're going to talk about it here in a second, is uh, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Been loving that game. Um, <clears throat> let's see. On the um, book reading front, been last like year and a half. I've really kicked up my book reading, and uh, I've been doing the um, Star Wars High Republic. I've I've read that whole series. So um, there's a couple books that I had that came out in the last couple months that I've been catching up on. So I'm just about to finish. So the, I don't know how familiar either of you are with the High Republic series, but the it's like a, it's a publishing initiative they called it where it was um, they had different novels all at different age groups, right? All the adult novels, young adult, and then they had um, like a middle school one, and then like a one that's for toddlers and stuff and then they've got comic books and they've got manga and they just it's every every possible publishing avenue they could take <clears throat> um audio audio plays they've got i mean it's just, and it's all who, who part of that? the same
1: audiobook basically um no, they're more usually
2: dramatized no, yeah you know. so it's like Actual different voice, voice actors, actors. And, and it's... Okay. They the sound effects, sound effect. too. Okay. Yes. Yeah, and it's written as a script. It's not written as a book and then just read by somebody. But okay. then what they've started doing, actually, for the High Republic ones, is they'll actually print a book of it. So if you're not an audio play person, you can just get it and read what happens.
0: Um, graphic Audio is another company that does a lot of those. And they're like... There's a book that I didn't realize was a graphic audio that I went to go listen to once, and I was like, what is happening? What is this music? What, what is happening? What are these sound effects? This is screwing in my head. I can't listen to this.
2: Yeah. Some of them are actually pretty good. Like there was a Joker and the Harley Quinn one that came out a couple months ago and that was actually quite good.
0: Spotify has yeah. been doing something similar. Yeah. With, yeah it was, was really it was, a, it was a Spotify
2: one. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but anyway, so I've been the, what's it? Uh, Cataclysm. Cataclysm is the name of the most recent adult version. adult um, line of the books. That's what I'm reading now. So, uh, and then as for movies, just like Steve said, uh, most of the movies I've been watching, I've been for the podcast. Um, I did go out and see, Oh, I went and saw guardians of the galaxy volume three. That was the last uh, movie I saw in the theaters and loved it. I like all the guardians movies. I think volume two was still my favorite, which is weird because Brandon you, surprisingly, you seem to really dislike that one
1: I'm with you. I really oh. loved number two. Everybody I, I it was know it loved favorite. number
0: two. I didn't. You, well, here's a well. Here's a question: Did you like Thor Ragnarok? Yes. I hated Thor Ragnarok. I still haven't seen
2: <laughs> it. You I, still haven't seen it, Steve?
1: No. I this whole phase three or whatever. I, I've just been really uh, off the wagon. I hate
0: idiot Thor because that's not Thor to me, and I. It's kind of. I can for definitely me.
1: understand that for sure.
2: It's
0: hard for me I, to. I,
1: Ragnarok, I think. The, Ragnarok.
2: I think the. Sorry. I think the best thing I think the thing about Ragnarok that's that I like is that he's not full on he's not full on idiot Thor yet. Love and Thunder, <laughs> yeah. I hated. That's and the And he's about he's full thinking. on dumb idiot. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I agree, Steve. Actually that's an interesting point though, because post endgame the like endgame was such a perfect encapsulation or perfect capstone to that whole thing that it's just the desire to like see every piece and be a part of it has just completely fallen off for me. Someone saw guardians in the theater, you know, but I didn't go see Wakanda forever in theaters. I didn't go see Ant-Man Quantumania in theater. You know, I, I, I didn't, there's been a lot that I haven't, I didn't watch Hawkeye. I didn't watch Falcon and the winter soldier. Yeah, a lot of whereas the like I saw every single MCU movie from phase one through the yep. end of end game in theaters almost on opening weekend for everyone. So it's that enthusiasm has definitely died down. Um,
1: we did see Multiverse of Madness. I really <laughs> That's enjoyed true.
2: That. That's true. We we saw it together. Yeah, we did. I saw that uh I saw that one in theaters.
1: That, that's <clears throat> almost a horror movie really.
2: Yeah, that was that had its pull because it was so unique directed by Sam yeah. Raimi. I liked the first Doctor Strange quite a bit and yeah, it was it, it was something that felt completely different but like Ant-Man would have been one that if, if a new Ant-Man was released five years ago, right in the midst of the end game saga, you know, I definitely would have been there opening weekend. Like I was for the first two Ant-Man movies, especially with Paul Rudd in there.
1: Ant-Man CDs. makes me sad. Cause now I think of Jonathan Majors. My best, hottest, most accurate pop culture take.
2: Has uh, Steve told you about this? Brainard? No.
1: So <laughs> there was a, a Western called Hostiles starring Christian Bale came out and like,
2: it's I feel like I've know, heard of it,
1: it. December of like 2017 or 18, somewhere back then. And I went and saw it. I think me and like three other people saw it, uh, in theaters. Um, not in my theater, like literally in the entire like, country. In the entire country. Uh, <laughs> I know I was literally the only person in my movie theater, but, um, I, I'm a huge sucker for Westerns and Jonathan majors is in it. And I, I think it was one of his, it had to be one of his first major studio roles. Cause I had never heard of him. And I mean, not, not the end all be all, but, um, and I I came back to work on that Monday and Jeff and I uh, kind of compare notes normally on what we did. And I gave him a breakdown of the movie and I said, you watch it. This Jonathan Majors kid, he's going to be big. He's good. He's an amazing actor. He's going to be huge in the next few years. And then he blew up and then he blew up. So <laughs> that was kind of
0: like <laughs> after winter soldier when, um, uh, Chadwick Boseman first showed up in as a, uh, Black Panther. I remember yeah. at the end of that movie, as much as I loved that movie, I was like, that guy, I, I, or was it, was it Civil War or was it Civil it was War? Civil War. Not, Civil War. Not Winter Soldier. Yeah. But I remember going, that guy? Wait. Not, not just, yeah, it was Civil War because that was, yeah yeah because his dad died and it sparked off the whole, yeah. because I was like, he, he's good. I liked him. I liked the mm-hmm. character, but I really liked him. And then he just,
1: right after. That was around the time, I think, also, he played Jackie Robinson, right? Mm-hmm. 42?
2: Yeah. And that, yeah Which
0: I still man. haven't seen, but I really oh, want to. It. turn one off the of podcast. Those. Go watch it
2: right <laughs> now. We had the, that was back when I was doing the Royals podcast. Yeah. And we had the premiere for that movie at the Negro League That's Baseball. Right. Yeah. Harrison Ford came. And Harrison there, Ford came. Chadwick Boseman came. Camler
0: was hounding me to get to the, get there. I, but something had come up that night because I was actually supposed to go to the premiere thing. But he was like, are you coming or not? And I was like, I want to, but I can't. Like, there's just, it's not feasible for me to get there. And I was like, it's probably
2: not going to be that big of a deal anyways. And then, like, <laughs> I watched
0: the news later, and I'm
2: like, God damn, I wish I could have called that. <laughs> yeah, because they all, they all came in um, to every theater. I mean, it was like two or three full theaters that that were showing it at the same time. And so all the actors, you know, they didn't do like a question and answer session, but they at least came in to say hi and for all the theaters.
1: So did you go? Were you there?
2: I was. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Nice. I was. Uh, so I got to see, I got to be in the same movie theater as Harrison Ford for for but a brief. How did moment. it feel? It was. I was touched. <laughs> as a Star Wars, as a
0: Star power. Wars person, you were like, yep, this
1: is it. This is the team And yeah, and Chad at that time,
2: Chadwick Boseman had not been announced as Black Panther yet. It was shortly after, but um, so yeah, pretty cool
0: is did you have anything else jeff or was that it
2: um i think that's it i just got uh jedi fallen order or uh jedi survivor for my birthday so i've been playing that as well are you enjoying it that i really am it's quite it's quite fun um i haven't gotten super far into it yet but it's they've made a lot of really good
0: improvements How how you like them droids (laughs)
2: <laughs> that, that scene you sent us with the TikTok, I got to that scene. Yeah, and had I just been playing on my own, I probably would have uh, just hopped up and killed. Just, them just hopped up and killed it. But I waited for it, and now because of that, every time I I approach droids, I wait. for oh. them. There's another scene shortly after, where the droids are like, um, "Man, this is so boring." <laughs> it's like <laughs> and, I know I want to get out of here.
1: The,
0: there was, was pretty funny. I rounded a corner and there were two of them talking, and they saw me, and I killed them. And then I remember going, damn it, I wonder what the hell they were talking about. So I ran back and, like, because I wasn't far from a safe spot. So I just ran back and saved. And then I'm like, let's see what they're doing. I don't even remember what it was at the time, but I was like, I just slowly edged around just to listen to them go back and forth for a little bit. And I was like, whoever wrote this, this part in particular in these, this game has been
2: hilarious. The, the <coughs> evolution of the battle droid is quite funny because, like, I remember seeing it in like the trailer, right when it very first for episode one, and it was like all oh, these things look crazy, and then you see them <laughs> in the movie, and it's like these are just silly little droids. But like, you could kind of tell that that George Lucas was still writing them seriously. They just happened to be, you know, kind of inferior. He was he was trying to write them <laughs> seriously, but make them clearly inferior as as right. what they use versus stormtroopers. But uh, and then just between Clone Wars and the different video games and all that, they've just evolved into this like inherently comic thing where I, I got my daughter to watch Clone Wars one time and there was just some, some scene that was, I laughed at cause the battle droids were funny and she was laughing at it too. It's just like, yeah, they're just like court gestures. something now. there that's just, yeah, really funny.
0: Well, I the, too have been playing. What'd you got Steve?
1: Well, there's one more thing and, and you might hit on it. I'm not sure if you watch it. Um, uh, I'll just bring it up succession. So,
2: Oh crap. How did I forget? Yes. The
1: series finale is Sunday. I meant to say that. I hadn't watched a single episode a month ago and I've binged the entire series now. So So
0: we're still halfway through season two. Okay.
1: Well, so I will
0: say, I will say I'm a little pissed because somebody that should know better that I follow on Twitter retweeted a spoiler that I wasn't wanting. I would, I'm upset that I saw and I oh, was no. just like for this current season for the, for the, yeah, the current season. I'm yeah, like, definitely like what what? That is. well, right. But I'm like, <laughs> like, you know, better than that. Yeah, I sent him a DM. I'm like, Hey, like, why would you fucking just retweet that? And he goes, Oh, I didn't even think of that. I just wanted to make a smart ass comment on something. And I'm like, I'm like, you gotta, you can't just do you that. You gotta in, think in this day and age. <laughs> it's probably yeah, the I one thing believe- I miss about. When we were younger, where you didn't have to worry about it, unless somebody would come up to you, go, "Are you watching this?" No, and you didn't hear about it, and it was just yeah. one of those things.
2: Yeah, that's. I can't believe. I'm glad you said something, Steve, because I actually made a mental note to say that. For so
0: is the saying. last episode gone yet? Or oh, no, it's
2: it's this weekend, or, and yeah.
0: So are they going to nail the landing for you guys?
2: Steve's concerned. Steve's concerned. I don't
0: know.
1: Okay, well, I don't think there's any spoilers in saying this. I know there's no spoilers in saying this. I'm concerned that they've they've not advanced various plot points enough to where there's a way that they can satisfactorily resolve it. In my mind, now again, I'm not the the uh, god of all TV critics or anything like that, but it's just it's I don't know how an hour and a half is going to be able to, is going to be enough to put a right. bow on this such that I'll be like, okay, I don't have any questions moving forward. Jeff, Jeff is more optimistic.
2: Yeah. I do think it'll be tough, but I think that they have, I, I think they can do it. And cause I, I've been on succession since season one. I've been trying to get for years. I've been trying to get Steve on the train. Well, you know, finally, he, uh, he finally came up.
1: Came I didn't, up. you know, a, uh, a horrible, terrible right-wing media empire running the lives of, uh, uh, you know, the country and making decisions for people. It felt a little too close to home when it premiered. <laughs> right. Not, not that it doesn't still, but finally I and I sucked it up.
2: It's actually interesting because I just read, um, I subscribed to uh, Alan Steppenwall. Brandon, do you know who he is? Mm-hmm. He's uh, probably the most prominent film critic, or I'm sorry, uh, TV critic. Today, like working. He's um,
1: gonna
2: there, yeah. If if not, you know, top five type of thing. He writes for Rolling Stone. He's very, um you know, eh, but he, uh, I subscribed to his Substack newsletter, just the free one. But it's he, his newsletter today. He's talking about oh, this the the finale of Succession this week, and he was talking about his journey and how he was saying basically the, basically the same thing that you were, Steve. Where he's like, everyone kept telling me it was good, but I was just like, you know. At this particular moment in american history i don't know if this is the show that i want to be watching uh but he finally caved and and never looked back so, yeah. so su- ex- you and you yeah. and alan share that in common succession I mean, i've mean, i always
1: said that you know me and alan set the wall genius <laughs> some <of our> time.
0: <laughs> succession and yellowstone are two shows that i really like but i don't i have a hard time watching shitty people being shitty and that's supposed to be the yeah, entertainment okay. And it's kind of one of those, I'll, I can watch it for X amount of time. And then I'm like, I need to, need to detox from shitty people. Yeah, and Like, yeah, this I mean. is one of those things. So what we have shows like those two in particular, that we'll watch a good chunk of episodes. And then I mentally need the break from watching
1: it because I'm just like, I can't, I can't deal with that right now. So the thing that has saved it for me is something I didn't know really going in. Um, I guess maybe just because we hadn't talked details enough, Jeff, but the humor—it's uh, it's dark humor. But oh, the you know, dark humor in that show is amazing. A lot of people call it a black comedy. Yeah, oh. well, that's what it's described as in the uh, the frigging guide. Yeah, on like HBO.
0: Kieran McCulkin like, is
1: or Max. Whatever.
0: I hate he his character he's, is so horrible, right? But I love him so much, and it's like
2: he does so well.
0: It's yeah. hard to not root for him, but it's so easy to not root for him because he's just fucking horrible
1: (laughs) we talk about this at work like there's no redeeming person on this show like i don't want to to do anything just when you think one of them will do something that kind of turn the corner you're like son of a bitch look at him now
0: (laughs) all right i'm gonna blow through my things real quick i i beat jedi survivor i really liked it i hope they make a third one um i'll talk more about that in a future All episode. Star Wars
2: comes in three, so don't worry about it. Right,
0: <laughs> and I would read something before the game release where somebody said, if they do choose to turn this into a trilogy, it may be the best Star Wars trilogy in a very long time if they choose to move it forward. And so, they left the, the story open very easily enough to make a third
1: okay. game. That's it was, And it
0: wasn't like a, oh, well, now they have to make a third game. It was a, well, you know, they have to because they've just like changed the world a little bit here and let's see how it goes. So like there's so much more that they opened up for possibility at the end of this, this game. Um, so I've did that. Um, Monica and I've been watching Ted Lasso. We've been watching um, it's final season, final season, of Ted Lasso's final season of marvelous. Miss Maisel. We both really like both those shows um, series finale. Uh, will have, will be airing the night that this show goes live. So I'm already dreading and sad about Ted Lasso. Uh, Maisel, I still think, has a couple episodes. We're still enjoying those. Um, And then I've been listening. Oh, I've been playing a lot of FIFA because Ted Lasso and as a coach and the entire – I forgot forgot the name of the football team. Is it like AFC Richmond? AFC Richmond is you can put and play as in a career mode in FIFA.
1: Are they any good, though? Didn't
0: they, aren't they? Well, the it's, the- how it's more of a, how good are you at FIFA? Yeah, well, fair. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I put, I, when you start the FIFA 23 for the first time, it'll judge you and then ch- set the, you know, Steve, you play MLB the show. You know how you can do dynamic. I play course. FIFA too. Well, so, well, you know how it scales with what you're capable oh, of yeah, playing. Yeah, yeah. It's you start FIFA 23 and it's like, play this game and we're going to tell you what we think you should play at. And I played the game, and they're like, "Well, you should be at the lowest setting." <laughs> it's very humbling well, experience. Well, then, right? So I got I get to a point where I was scoring like 15 goals a game, so I bumped it up one, yeah. and then I got to good enough that I was I got back to scoring 15 goals a game, so I bumped it up one. I think there's seven, six or seven settings for difficulty. I'm now three up from where I started, so I'm still scoring like six to seven goals a game, but it's harder to like you know play defense. It's harder to yeah. To make runs down the field, so it's but, but Steve, part of Steve
2: the, and I, just real quick, Steve and I had a big FIFA phase like a year and a half ago. And There was and
1: a moment.
2: Was it longer? No, I said there um, was a moment. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it. I mean, we had an epic, epic because it keeps track of like how much you play. Uh, right. You play five game series against each other, and it keeps track. I mean, we played over a hundred matches. Well,
0: FIFA twenty three is on Game Pass.
2: I know, I just saw that today and NHL twenty-three. I want to get back into NHL. So I'm definitely <clears throat> Um,
0: but because of Tad Lasso, I started playing FIFA and then my son found or just admitted, sure, I want to try soccer this fall, my youngest. So oh, cool. I don't know anything about soccer, really. So I've been more using the game to teach myself. It's just which I've really enjoyed because now I finally understand what the fuck offsides is on soccer. I never understood the concept before. I was like, I don't understand. Why People was he play offside there? Don't know. it seems that way but i've also had i've figured out a lot of the correlations of the similarities between soccer and uh hockey in terms of the ways some of the rules work um and then my last thing real quick is i started what was funny is i used an audible credit to start a new book that I was I, i heard really good things about called um Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia of Fairies, written by Heather Fawcett. Um, because I've been doing a lot of writing in the fantasy genre lately, I was like, I've heard nothing but good things about this book. And I'm like, I'm gonna start listening to it. And then what I didn't realize is I, I bought it on Audible and then a week later, one of my absolute favorite authors, Mark Lawrence, um, wrote new book came out. It's called The Book That Wouldn't Burn. So I was like, well, guess I'm buying that one too. So I have two audio books here that I've kind of, been cycling back and forth to, and they highly different themed i mean they're both in the fantasies on genre but mark mark lawrence writes as jeff probably was a fan of grimdark like severe grimdark fantasy um which if you haven't read the broken empire series jeff i think you would love it it's prince of thrones king of thrones and emperor of thrones okay not thrones thorns
2: sorry um, okay yeah i've heard it i've heard of okay those, yeah like that the throne's in- through me, but the thorns have Thorns, heard. right.
0: So um that's Mark Lawrence too. Yes. Uh Joe Abercrombie introduced me to the phrase Grimdark with the first law series, but Mark Lawrence like took that like turned it up to a thousand for me. Like the main character of the the Thorns of the Broken Empire series, I hated him through the whole first book. And then at the end of it, you kind of understand why he's the shittiest fucking person in the world. And then you hate him through the whole series, but you know why he's doing it, and you can appreciate why he's doing it. And it's just one of those like I hate I just I hated that he made me like somebody that was a horrible person, and I even tweeted that at him, and he went, "Well, then I succeeded as an author." And I was like, "Well, there you go. We're now friends on Facebook." And he tells me happy birthday every time it's my birthday. Oh, like like, like, He's a really cool dude, but I've been waiting for this book to come out, so it's it, it it released, and so now I'm just cycling between the two.
2: Well, apparently, it's actually, the next fantasy book that I'm gonna read, I actually just pulled it out because I'm getting close to finishing the other book. I don't know if you've ever read,
0: I have not read that, but I've heard about
1: it and I've heard Clive it's
2: good. Yeah. I'm really excited to get this started.
1: Is, so is the J, J sound in there? Is there I honestly,
2: what? I honestly don't know. I've always been pronouncing it Imagica, but it might be Imagica because it's about Ooh, that sounds that sounds better. Imagica sounds better, yeah, so I'm not sure what it is we
1: had a producer we need a producer for this show this show right just to do that
2: yeah i don't even think clive barker is on twitter if i wanted to go ask him (laughs) (laughs) um
0: all right let's get this moving uh before we we were going to talk about the playstation showcase here in a minute but beforehand i have a very important question for mr jeffrey Hare here what are your thoughts and opinions on tears of the kingdom the new zelda game
2: oh boy i already kind of Tipped my hand on that one with with earlier, but absolutely love it. So <clears throat> I really liked Breath of the Wild, but um, there were still some things that like just didn't quite push it over for me to like best game of all time category, as as a lot of people were saying. Um, and you know, I still put it probably third personally in Zelda series behind Link to the Past and Ocarina of Time but Tears of the Kingdom, they added so much and they did so well with it. And it plays so well and it's so amazing. Like it has already, I'm only like 15 hours in and it's already jumped up to being my, my favorite Zelda game of all time. I just love it. Everything they've changed the, uh, the um, ultra hand, just all the, all the different mechanics they've added. It's also seamless and perfect being the fuse mechanic, the ascend, Mechanic, like there's so many quality of life things, but that also, you know, the Ascend mechanic allows you to just shoot through the ceiling and get to <laughs> get outside of, like, a cave or something. But that seems like it's just something where you say, oh, this is just to help people so that they can get out of caves quickly, quicker, like a quality of life thing. But they actually incorporate it into puzzles. And, like, just Nintendo is so good at at level design and puzzle design and world design and it's so perfect it's just like it's it's definitely my favorite zelda game now of all time and i think if if it continues to nail everything which i'm sure that it will it could be one of my favorite games of all time when it's all said and done i didn't think anything would beat resident evil 4 remake this year for uh game of the year for me but but tears of the kingdom has, has it so far and we've, but we've still got we've still got a lot of year left
0: starfield assuming it doesn't
2: i'm pulling red more, i'm not super excited about starfield just because those aren't my type of games but more in the uh i think in the diablo 4 street fighter 6 armored core 6 range might be the ones that 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 uh push it but
0: so one of my biggest complaints about breath of the wild or the and i think a lot of people's was the dungeons do you feel they are better
2: like the main, like the main four dungeons, or all the uh, shrines. All, the, yes, both actually. <laughs> By the uh, way, well, real, I have real not. Quick, I have just
0: to... just to interrupt. I was telling you about this earlier.
2: This is the strawberry sprite. Ooh, it's even got a shiny little can, or like yeah. a shiny, uh, like a nice little can design. Yep. Nice. Anyway, give me an interrupt, um, Go ahead. <laughs> The I I have not gotten to like the main because in Breath of the Wild there were the four main big dungeons, right. Those, whatever those equivalent are in terms of kingdom, I actually haven't gotten there yet. That's how 15 you know, hours it, in and you haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, right. What's so, the estimated
0: time for completion on this?
2: I don't know. I'd have to look that up. i look it up right now. But, um, yeah, to how long to beat there. But, um, but as far as the shrines, um, they seem a little bit better, but I haven't, you know, I've only done like 15 or 20 of them. So the amount of, um, you know, the ones that get like really frustrated. It uh, looks like fifty-four hours for main story according to how long to dot com.
0: So about a quarter of the way there.
2: Yeah. So um but so far I like the shrines and I think the the new mechanics make them a lot more fun because like you had the little magnet thing in Breath of the Wild, but Ultra Hand is just more fun to use. And um, the fuse mechanic and being able to because like I love, we were talking about this before we started recording, Brandon, where uh Dragon Quest Builders 2, I love that game. And it's so much fun. And being able to build things and, and fuse things essentially is a big part of that. And they've really put that into the story where you have to do it. So, so It's not just Dungeon, a choice.
0: It's a, you have to know how yeah, to do this. Yeah,
2: like every time you get to a new area, the people are like, oh my god, something's attacking us. But we have to build the MacGuffin thing over here, and you have to go find those materials and build it. And, but it's really, it's really fun. And it, same kind of, same kind of thinking goes into the the shrines sometimes where it's like, okay, you got to get up here. How do you get up here? Well, here's seven different objects. How do you create it? And like you or me or Steve might all find three different ways to create this object to get up there, but it all works. And like, that was the, the genius of Breath of the Wild, but taken to the next level with all these new mechanics. And I think that's why it's just, so fantastic
0: so one of the biggest complaints that i've seen that's kind of had me worried about it and i I will also preface this by saying i really enjoyed breath of the wild until i didn't and then it was like (laughs) by the time i got to the end of the game i didn't care anymore i'm the same way it was just it turned into like just doing it over or do you have you gotten you finish the story i did but i cheesed it because I i just wanted to finish i found a way that you can get to Ganon at the top of the mountain and just do the fight and be done with it
1: I think I only did one uh, of the what are the beasts, right? The, what are they called? Like Divine Beast. beasts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Divine Fantastic beasts. Beast. <laughs> You're still that's in Harry. On, You're man. still in the wizarding world. Yeah. Right.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm
0: with you, Brandon. So wow. I, it, so I guess one of my questions or one of the complaints that I've seen about it that's kind of made me like eh, is basically the map's the same, and there's nothing really beyond that. Now, having said that, there is a um, YouTuber, streamer, um, I don't remember his name. His name, he goes by Wood. Um, My brain just shut off. He's an Australian dude that lives in the U.S. But he, um, one of the things I saw him talking about on uh, his podcast was he was talking about how one of the things that Nintendo isn't getting enough credit for is, like, they've all talked about everything in the sky and, like, all the stuff that's up. And then you have the the land, but what nobody's really talking about is the amount of stuff below land Mm -hmm. level and that that it's not getting the credit for it. Do you agree with that? Like there's just a lot more things below ground that like there's not really being talked about.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. But like the, the map is only the same in terms of like the shape of it, right? Because the whole the storyline takes place after the events of the previous game. So even though the map is the same, there are things on it that's different. Cities are different now and little towns and villages are in different places and stables are in different places and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, you've had people that were, you know, spent thousands of hours in the Breath of the Wild map and then will come back and say it, it feels different even though it's the, the actual same map. You know, it's very similar to um, shoot. Now I'm drawing. A, now I'm drawing a blank on what the uh the Hack and Slash Dynasty Warriors <coughs> one was called. What was that called? Uh, uh, Age of Calamity. Oh, okay. And the they use the same map for that one too. But like it, you know, it feels different because you got different, different objectives, different stories, different um, structures, things like that. So, uh, and yeah, plus you've got the the stuff up top, in the sky, and then yeah, down below. Because I mean, it's kind of funny because Elden Ring, which came out last year was super praised for this right now granted the map of Elden Ring was original but the they were like oh my god and it's not only is there the map but then there's the underground on the map that's two maps oh my god it's crazy right and Elden Ring is a fantastic game I'm not trying to disparage Elden Ring at all but just that it is kind of funny that yeah it is I I do hear that being almost completely ignored that there's this entire underground that literally runs the entire map um, that's completely new along with the Sky Islands themselves and the changes they made to the main map. So I get that complaint to a point, but it starts to feel a little disingenuous to me because it doesn't take into account all the true changes they've actually made. All
0: right, so then my next question that I have for you, and I don't know if Steve's going to have any questions for you, but my last question on on Zelda is, <clears throat> is the breaking breakable gear still the worst thing in gaming? Hate it.
2: Absolutely hate it. I uh, It's... It's the only thing that can keep, you know. Even if it may be my favorite Zelda game, it might not get a ten out of ten just because I hate that mechanic so much. Which is weird because, like, played a lot of Souls games. I like Souls games. Bloodborne is my favorite game of all time, but Bloodborne is the the weapon degradation in Bloodborne it takes so so long that it's never really an issue. Um, I've had like one, you know, three hundred plus hours in that game. I think I've had one weapon break on me, but yeah, like there's, there's, and they still, those are the only areas where they didn't get the quality of life right with that. Because if, if you could break a weapon in Zelda and then it like shifts to the next weapon in your queue or in your your stash, auto shifts, then maybe, yeah, then maybe I'd be like, oh, okay, it's a little bit better. But it's just, it breaks and then you're right in the middle of this battle and it's like, oh my God. I mean, granted, when you move to your weapon switching menu, you know, time stops so you don't, you're not getting attacked. But, you know, if you're if you're down low on hearts and and you you know just need that extra second and you get hit right there. Same with your shield, right? If you happen to get hit with your shield and then they follow up with another attack right before you can switch shields, then you're screwed. So I I just hate the mechanic in every game. I i it it's an un it's an unfun mechanic. I don't like mechanics that get put into a game specifically to decrease the fun there's nothing fun about weapons breaking if you want me to use different weapons then incentivize me to do that in different ways don't don't force me to do it by breaking my weapon right and one
0: of the and and where it was it's even more egregious for me for zelda is the master sword and the the shield and you're like why of of all the weapons i will let i will almost give you any other weapon breaking but when you were when you're equipping that sword and that shield there should be nothing wrong with it. Or at least have it not break and just need to be, you know, re, uh, revitalized in some way. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that it just, you, hey, that, that version's gone. There's no, there's no other version. It's that sword yeah. and it's that shield. That's the one you get. Um, is this a game you're looking at picking up, Steve, at all? Or? Oh, I got a one second from Steve.
1: Yeah, sorry, I was still muted. Um yeah, I bought it. I've been playing it. Oh, um I'm sorry. I'm sorry,
0: I didn't realize that. I was under the impression that no, Jeff was he, the only one. No, well
1: he's the, you know, Zelda Zelda guy. I've I knew you'd play to see, Wild, but I didn't
2: I had we hadn't really talked about it, so I didn't know how much you had gotten into it yet.
1: Yeah. I mean before Breath of the Wild I hadn't played a Zelda like hardcore since Link Link to the Past for of me the, was kinda of my like, Yeah, it might have been
2: that was the last That's Zelda you had played before Breath of the Wild, Brandon.
1: So
0: I never played any of the, I never owned a GameCube, and
2: but you didn't play the sixty four. You didn't play Majora's Mask or Queen of Time.
0: I I don't think I did I because at that time in my life, that mm-hmm. wasn't the game that I was doing. Most of my gaming were different types of games, and because I had transitioned by that point to like just different styles of games. Sure. Um, had I, I had I stayed Nintendo my whole life and only ever owned a Nintendo, I'd have probably played the shit out of it, because Zelda on NES and SNES were one of my favorite games. Oh man, I loved those. But yeah. we, I didn't actively play my um, 64 that much, and then mm-hmm. I fell off of gaming for a while, and I never owned a GameCube, and then. I only had the Wii for very specific g- games and mm. I hardly touched the Wii. I didn't really jump back into Nintendo till the Wii U. And that was a mistake on my part, but <laughs> I mean, nailed I, it, nailed that timing. to be fair. I mean, galaxy was, I enjoyed, I highly enjoyed galaxy Mario galaxy. So it was just one of those, I don't know. So when they like breath of the wild was announced, I was like, holy shit. I binged old link to the past. Because I was like, I went to my immediate memory of Zelda, and then everyone that was like, Well, you need to try this, this, and this. I was, well, I don't have access to this. I'm going to play Link to the Past. And so Breath of the Wild came out, and I was so stoked. And like I said, but then it got too, I put so many hours into it. Like, not even doing story quests. Just it, the map was big, it was fun, there was a lot to do. I. You know, I'm come from a Skyrim background at this point now, where I like I know how to play open world games better, and or at <laughs> least in my head better. And, and then my OCD, I'm now OCD as an older guy, and I'm like, well, I have to do this, this, and this. Well, I got to go see what's over here. I need to do this before I advance. And I know that most of that problem, that's a me problem. I've complained about that. That I understand that's my problem. Like you guys all, everyone jokes at how fast I blew through Ghost of Tsushima. Because I turned into collectionist and completionist before I even finished the game. It used to be I'd play games like this where I'd beat the game and then go back and do everything else. But I've morphed into this. There's a section of the map. must be completely completed before I move <laughs> any part of the story. I will say I didn't do that on Harry Potter, which which oh. I think I'm glad for my own sanity. Because there's so much going there's on a lot to do in, in, in that game. So, um but and so i think to my talking about hogwarts legacy yes hogwarts legacy i'm sorry there's so much going on on the map it almost as much as i enjoyed hogwarts legacy there were times i felt like it borderlined assassin's creed unity in terms of go do these things it didn't have the icons all over everywhere that the the running joke of you'd open the unity map and it was like (laughs) you couldn't even see the map because it was all icons but it was like, okay, every section has a very lot of stuff that you have to do, and it kind of made it... I just kind of said, I'm not doing that. So then I went through and started doing the collection stuff after I beat the game. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just like... I'm afraid I'll get, because of what happened with Breath of the Wild, that I'll get that burnt out that much faster
1: in the the newest one. So. It does seem like these games are lab designed <coughs> to... like upset you specifically based on what you just said about your playing style (laughs) the
2: best thing they have the best thing they have going for him is it's so chill that you know so it's like because you've you could do an elden ring right you could do the same kind of thing and just get lost in it for ages and when you get lost in that every time you encounter something it's super intense and, then you entire, yeah. and you die. Yeah, but like with Zelda, you know, you can be going for across the map and you might see a couple Bokoblins or whatever and then you just go right past them. It's no big deal. And then even if you die, you know, you don't lose all your stuff like you did with um, in the Souls games and all that. So it's uh, that's, I think, the one thing it has going for it in that regard. But I totally get that because I, I beat Breath of the Wild. I beat the story. I think it was like 50 some hours it took and then went back and I was like, Oh, I'm, I love this game. I'm going to do it. I'm going to hundred percent this game, right? All the shrines, all the Korok seeds and everything. And I think I put another like 25 hours into it. And I was just like, did, I, I can like, Did it. you collect all I the seeds? I can't do it. Did you collect all the um, seeds? No, I had like 220 seeds or something like that. I was just like, I can't, I cannot do
1: this. Did you try to do that without <laughs> a guide?
2: No, no, I had a guide. I had one okay. of those interactive maps on the, um, on a website I found, and uh, but it was even still, it's like hard because there's so many oh, sure, levels yeah. to the map, you know, where it's like, I know there's one here, where the hell is it? And so, how do how do you one, feel?
0: How do you feel about the um the the, the Korok hatred being shown towards the? oh that's so sad, poor
2: Koroks, man. Who thinks about this kind of
0: stuff? The, the people I'm that like... collected all nine hundred whatever seeds from the first game, or
1: just like I hate all of you, and I want you all to die. <laughs> <laughs> vengeance. Like this some of it's funny, bad. but some are like, oh, I agree. Some, some are morbid. Be, yeah. yeah, like but, if
2: you if you take one and you like you know fling him somewhere and he makes a funny sound, it's like okay, that's kind of sure, funny. Sure. But the They're people like, that are putting them on like, like crucifying, crucifying them in <laughs> flames and oh, Lord. all this stuff, it's like my god, man. I mean, go I outside. Dropped please. one
1: off a off an island, a sky island, on accident. And I just it devastated me accident. his little sound is he it was an accident' <laughs> he's an ultra hand, and i I tried to drop him in it it's it's on the opening island and there's a spot where like it's him and his little buddies on the other side, and you can put him in a little mine cart and shoot him across and I thought I had him securely dropped in the mine cart, but I did not not did not. not secure enough <laughs>
0: no. you gotta you gotta attach
2: fell. him Yeah. his little scream, oh, well, they scream, oh no. <laughs> Oh, poor Koroks.
0: <laughs> all right. Well I'm 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 glad to hear your positive takes on it. It's makes like I, it's kind of been one of those games where I'm like, man, I really want to, but I'm afraid I'll get burnt out because of the last one and all this other stuff and
2: it's definitely a game that I plan to set down and come back to from time to time. Like I yeah, normally same. if I have a game I just want mainline to mainline it finish <laughs> it. Yeah, normally if I have a game I want to finish it, you know, before I really move on to the next big game. But Zelda, I've already been like, that's just not going to happen. So I need to, yeah, I need to recalibrate what I'm thinking. Where if I've got half hour, an hour to kill, if I don't want to dive into another game, I just pop that in and and do some stuff. Perfect.
0: I've actually been thinking about doing that with um, Starfield when it comes out because I'm afraid of losing my entire life (laughs) in in the massive. It looks too massive.
2: It looks too massive. So, 250,000 lines of dialogue right the so like it's,
0: it's too much so in my head i'm like maybe i should just like i'm only gonna play it for this amount of time a week and not just like guess what i'm doing tuesday night it's not gonna be that kind of thing it's gonna be you know what this week i'm only gonna play it this much and then move on so that it doesn't burn me out because i think it will hardcore future Brandon here. This episode ran just a tad longer than I was expecting by a tad. I mean, almost a whole nother full hour. The PlayStation showcase, uh, discussion took a little longer than I was anticipating. Cause I thought we might just pan the whole thing and be done with it. But we actually ended up talking a little more about, um, the games and some opinions on stuff than I was anticipating. So I'm going to split this up into two episodes, uh, in about 24 hours, we'll be posting the next episode. Uh, thanks for checking out the podcast as always. And, uh, Without Sam here, I might as well just do this.
2: Enjoy your games.